Hello and welcome back to another amazing episode of Post Game Overtime. I'm Will, joined as always by Brandon. Brandon, how are we doing? Doing good, doing good. We're we're back, almost almost back to back days recording here. Uh, we're doing good though. And a big episode two four, Kobe Bryant. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. Should I just start off with the breaking news we got right now, then? Yeah. Ah, jeez, I guess. So, how? Well, because I already mentioned it to you earlier. We just talked about it a little bit how um, Antonio Brown has a warrant out for his arrest. Um, but now I'm just reading articles about it. He's actually he's currently in a standoff with police right now. No. He has locked himself in his home. He's believed to have guns inside with him. Um, so, yeah. There's a bunch of police outside of his house. And they're, they're trying to get him out somehow. Oh, my goodness. You got to I'm trying. I'm trying to look this up right now. Get oh, alive or something. Oh, it's like it's all all over the news right now. Yeah, as of four minutes ago, it's yeah, it's still going on. I don't know what time it started at though, but uh, it, it sounds like it's it's been going on for for a fair bit here. Because I mean, what I texted you quite yeah, like I texted you back at ten o'clock this morning, so um. Yeah, that's that's what's going on in the the world of Antonio oh, Brown right goodness. now. Oh my, I'm trying to I'm trying to find it. I can't. You know, I'm I'm hip and not a sheep, Brandon. So I don't use Google. I use DuckDuckGo. Oh, I'm I'm on. I'm looking at all the stuff on uh, on Twitter right now. Oh, well, that's reliable. You just click on. You just go on there as soon as you type in a n. T first thing to come up Antonio Brown standoff. It doesn't look like there's there's any 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 lives of it or anything. People are just kind of giving updates as it uh, the situation continues to go on. But yeah, that's that's what's going on going on with with AB there. I'm I, I'm still I still can't find this on. Uh... Okay, no, here's one. Here's one. Antonio Brown is not in a standoff with police, despite initial reports. Where is that from? Um, website. He's not yet been arrested. This is NBC. Police have been to his home. They've not executed the arrest warrant. It says police are currently trying to use a megaphone right now to get him to come out. And they've, this, they've not been able this to get NBC through. Pro Football Talk is saying they don't even know if he's in there. So I think, according to like the so maybe, that article, maybe that's made it sound like it they is. were just waiting for him they, at his they, house. Yeah, so maybe they think it's a standoff, but he might maybe he's not even potentially home. Because yeah. it says it's in Tampa, but I don't think he's in Tampa right now even. Yeah. I remember seeing something that he, he was not even in Tampa. So maybe that's potentially what it is. Police are like thinking he's in there, but maybe he's not even in there. 
Yeah. Um, this is Marka. I don't know that website, but there you go. However, these reports are not accurate. The issue is that Brown is not cooperating with the local Tampa police. They can't find him. Interesting. Um, what a wild situation. They're still looking for him. He is believed to have made the decision to turn himself in, but hasn't done so. Huh. Man, that's crazy, dude. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. Oh, A.B. And I just, I don't know why, but I feel like they get brought up in similar terms because he did jump out to his defense. Um, but have you heard the most recent Kanye thing? Oh, jeez. Dude, Come someone Alex needs to Jones? stop him. Yeah, someone needs to stop him, man. Like... Like when when you have when you have Alex Jones playing the reasonable guy card, you know you've gone too far. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I watched I watched some clips from it. and I was just like, holy shit! Like, yeah, no, he was, needs to stop. Yeah, not not ideal for either of those two. Almost as painful as how the Patriots season's been going this year. I don't know. I just wanted to find a way to transition this into football, baby. Week 13, we're going into it. Bills, Patriots tonight. They're kicking off in about 30 minutes um, as of recording. I think Bills yeah. are going to smoke the Patriots, all things being honest. You know the Pats are my team. Um, I don't think they're going to smoke them, though. Yeah, I guess the division rivalries are always close. Patriots, but... Patriots have a great defense, and Josh Allen has been the most um, True. He's the most turnover prone. True. Of any quarterback this season, so Patriots could could feast off that a bit. Yeah. Like yeah, Josh Allen is. Point. Josh Allen in eleven games, he has he's averaging an interception per game. Yeah. He's, he's I mean he's had nine fumbles in eleven games. He's lost three of them. So I mean. And when you think about a guy like Judon that's able to get to the quarterback, yeah, I wonder exactly. if he's able to force a fumble tomorrow. He's leading the. Judon's leading the league in, in sacks as well. Like Dude, Judon's just he's on a different level. The, bro. the Pats' defense could could definitely turn the tide of this game. That's fair. If if I was to pick a winner, yeah, I would pick the Bills. But I I wouldn't be surprised one bit if if the Pats come out on top in the end. I'm just pulling up the odds here. Um. Four points is the spread. Bills are the obvious favorite here. Yeah. Um. Sorry, had a burp. Um. Any so any big games? Do you want to talk about anything from last week? Any big things stick out at you this week? I believe this week we have the return of one Deshaun Watson. That we do, and I was just reading earlier today. At least ten. Um, of the women that accused him are actually going to the game. Ten of the accusers are gonna Why? be at, at the game. Don't know. Not uh, that's what a lot of people are are wondering. I mean, I, I mean, it, it is in Houston, but it's it's like, yeah, it's like why why would you go and watch this? Um, I'm not going to say he is like a monster or anything, the proclaimed monsters, they say. 
watching yeah. him uh, play. It's just it doesn't make sense why why they would do that and, well, and subject themselves to that. Well, and I don't know. To me, that that just that that feels like a move. Like I don't know. Unless I I don't know. C- come out and show me that those ten women had season tickets to Texans games beforehand, and I'll shut my fucking yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, even if they went, even if they went could, to yeah. one game a season before that, I'll shut my app. Because if you know, if they were, if they went, but if they never went to games, that's just annoying. Because it's like, why? Do it in court. Yeah. Or you know, even do it in the court of public opinion, whatever. But he's he's served his NFL suspension at least. And you're gonna yeah. come out to his first game back. Like, what are you trying to prove here? You're 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 yeah. just trying to make it. You're just trying to make a move. You're just trying to, I don't know, get out there it, with something. Yeah, it it's just so bizarre that, yeah. Like, it, they, I don't think you can use the argument like, oh, we would be going to like cheer against him. Like, like what? Yeah, I just don't. I just don't see a reason as to why they would subject themselves to that if he's. As big of a monster as they they made him out to be, yeah. I think but no, it's, maybe. Pardon? I'm excited. I'm excited to see Deshaun Watson play though. Yeah. Like I'm excited to see him back and see what form he's in. You know. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. I'm. And and I he hasn't. There's... He only has had this. I think Monday he was reinstated with the team, so he's he hasn't even had a full week to to practice with the guys. Like I'm sure he spent. You know all that time being suspended, kind of studying the, the playbook and whatnot. But, like, he's only had a couple practices with uh, with the guys to kind of get settled in there, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think it's, yeah, that, that whole, and the whole situation of him returning to Texas, like, the fact that he was only given a 13-week suspension rather than a full season or a 12-game, like, it's just... They, they did that on purpose. Oh, like, for we, sure. And we talked about it before. It was most definitely done on purpose to just drive up the rating. And it worked, because now I'm actually going to watch that game when I normally wouldn't give a shit about it. Well, and, and that's fair, but I would have... Like, I think I would have watched Deshaun Watson's return game regardless of who it yeah, was against. Yeah, you know, now I'm thinking about it. I mostly just want to watch him return. And I, I don't think... give a shit about the Texans. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and yeah, they're kind of creating an artificial matchup here. And, and good on the NFL, right? That's that's part of their job, right? Create yeah. Create storylines. But I think, like, especially this year, it feels like there's been so much news coming just from the league. Like, there's so much, these teams are good, these teams are on a slump, like, this team's good out of nowhere, this team's bad out of nowhere. Like, there's so much football news this year. Yeah, honestly. That it's like, why are we, why are we trying to push the drama news? Like, in a, in, a slow, in a slow football year, maybe you need the drama news. We don't need the drama news this year. We have a good year. Yeah. Well, and speaking of, like, it kind of clicks to two things you said, the drama points and then um the nfl and you know creating matchups to draw views and whatnot so not this week but the next week in week 14 um we're supposed to get another denver broncos primetime game they're supposed to have the sunday night game and the nfl actually removed them they moved them back to an earlier time 
Brandon. Yep. Could you say they kicked Russ out of the kitchen? They did. But you know what the crazy part is? You know what shows how sick the NFL is of Broncos primetime games already with Russ? They told his agent first? No, the the Broncos are playing the Chiefs, so they actually took Patrick Mahomes out of a primetime game. Oh, my God. So it's like, damn, like... And they they replaced it with Miami and the Chargers. Which I thought was surprising because I would have thought the 49ers and Bucks would have been a pretty good primetime game to put there, but... Yeah. I think, I mean, week 14, the Monday night game uh, trumps all. It's the Cardinals and the Patriots, so that's going to be... Really? I, you know, I didn't see that. Yeah. So that's going to be, it's going to be a big game. Right? Big game. We'll, we'll we'll save we'll save the hardcore shit talking for next week's episode. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But, we're uh, gonna but go we should get a friendly wager on that, eh? Oh, for sure. Got to. Got to. Um. It was. Is there anything major from from week twelve you wanted to to touch up on at all, or? I don't think so. To be honest, um. I'm just going back to it really quick here. Jags beat the Ravens. That was uh, that was a bit that of a, a surprise. Big win. Big surprise. Yep. Um, yep. Our parlay did not hold up. That was not a surprise. Well, every, I think everything was was perfect except just the the Bucks losing to the the Browns. There's one other team in there. Hmm. No, because we had Miami beat Houston. Uh, or no, yeah, the Ravens lost to Jag. Sorry, yeah, that was the other uh, one. Yeah. Oh, there you go. That's why that and stuck then, out to me so much. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there was any other than that game. Maybe the Browns beating the Bucks. Uh, Brissett kind of getting his last good win as a starter. Um, Sean, the Sean Payton Bowl happened, as people were calling it. Uh, the Cardinals and Chargers. Oh, so yeah, I guess well, I guess those well I guess those are the two teams that Sean Payton said if he comes back to coaching he wants to coach one of those two teams. Um, and enough. and two teams where I think coaches are on the hot seat. I mean, oh, Brandon Staley. Enough, I, guess I didn't think of it that way. Brandon Staley literally put his job on the line with like four seconds left in the game. The Chargers got a touchdown and. Uh, could have kicked the extra point, sent it to overtime, but they went for the two-point convert and, and, and made it, so they went on to win. But, yeah. So he looks like a genius there. They get the win. But if they don't get it there, it's, they're probably not going to make the playoffs, and he's, he's probably going to lose his job. So he kind of risked his job on one play, and it paid off for him, though. Fair enough. Sorry. Sorry if you heard that. I'm uh, coming off the road. I got a bit of a cold here. I can hear it a little bit. No, you're fine, though. Um... No, that's fair, though. Uh, Eagles getting the win over the Packers. I think Eagles proven again and again. They're the legit team, man. They had their loss. They had their, what, two losses, a bit of their slide, but I think they're they're right back up there showing that they are still the team. Yeah. Oh, coach uh, is a tool, but they are a very good team. Something. Who's the coach? What is it, Nick Sirianni? Is that how you pronounce it? Uh, I I I think I know who you're talking about. I don't. I, I just don't, I just don't like his. I don't like his attitude and the way he acts. I can't. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think of what game it was. I think it was actually Week 11 against the Colts when the Eagles made that kind of comeback to win, and he was 
Um, yeah, Eagles took the lead with like a minute 20 left. And he was over on the sideline, like jumping up and down, screaming and yelling at fans, throwing his headset around. Like it was like, come on, dude. That's fair. No, I, that, yeah. Understandable. Um, doesn't have, it just doesn't have the poise. Yeah. That's fair. Going into week 13, um, do we have any meaningful matchups? Oh fuck me! I'm dumb. Sorry. Um, oh, no, Are you looking at week on. fourteen this whole time? No, 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 no. I was no. I was. I I forgot we touched on week fourteen for for a second there. So I was like, am I talking shit this whole time? But no, I, I never mind. Don't listen to me. Um, I I I mean, there's a couple. There's a couple good games like. <laughs> okay. Oh I, yeah, there it is. Um, the Commanders and the Giants should be a pretty good. That would be a good. One. I think Chiefs Bengals. Chiefs Bengals. Uh, Chase given the back. health of those teams, should Joe be Mixon a good one. Be back, yeah, that's gonna be a very good game. The Monday night game, Saints and Bucks. Always Bucks a fun. Should win. Always that. a fun matchup. They should. Will they? I don't know, but they should. We're not. We don't have too much shit talking, so I feel like we should just roll ourselves right into the PGO parlay here. Yeah, I'm just trying to. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to do. Like, I'm looking through, and I'm like, "Okay, hey, what what can we put on there?" But it's like, there's not like, there's not many just like straight up like teams that I'm like, "Oh, I've got faith in them." Like, I feel Eagles comfortable over the Titans. I was gonna say, I feel comfortable with the Eagles over the Titans. Um. I, I mean, I, I would say Ravens over Broncos. Yeah. If you're, if you're yeah, I, I thought about that. that one. They just, I don't know, they scared me because of last week. Although, I, I think Bucks over Saints. But I'd just yeah. go straight money yeah. line on that one. It's a boring. That's a boring parlay, Brandon. We've been having some boring parlays. I would do. Um... Oh fuck, that's high. What what what's it saying on yours? What's the the over under for the the Chargers Raiders game? Fifty point five. You like the over on that game? I don't know enough about either sure team. Do. I've been keeping up teams, on them. Both teams' defenses are just fucking horrendous. Have either team's offenses been able to be putting up numbers this year? Well, I mean, last week the the Raiders put up forty, Chargers put up twenty five. The week before that, Raiders put up twenty two, Chargers put up twenty seven. Bucket, let's take the over. I'm kind of liking the over, honestly, between those two teams, and they're both fighting for. Well, maybe not the. Oh, Cowboys should beat the Colts. Oh yes, yes, yeah. All right, that's not an awful parlay right there. I, I like that. Yeah, because the rest of the games, I'm like, like I, you, like you could even throw the Seahawks on there against the Rams. Uh, I think, yeah, Rams scare. I just think they're they have the potential to be way better with Bryce Perkins. Huh? They've literally got their third string quarterback playing potentially oh, the rest of the season. I know that. Okay, I'm done. And now. Cam Akers is all of a sudden once again their their RB one. 
after they told him he's he's done. Allen Robinson is out. Cooper Cup. Big Seahawks out. energy, baby. All right, our parlay is a plus seven hundred. It's not yeah, bad. Yeah, that's what we like. We got oh, the Bucks. Aaron, oh, Aaron Donald's also out, so Seahawks are winning that. Oh yeah, we got the Bucks, the Eagles, the Bucks, the Birds, the Birds again with the Ravens. Um, over. Uh, on the Vegas Raiders, Los Angeles Chargers game, and Dallas Cowboys and Seahawks. All games are straight up money line. And that is coming in at a plus 700 for the parlay. I like that. I, I'm confident in that. Bet has been that now, placed. Something's going to go wrong with it. but Well, obviously it has to. Otherwise it wouldn't be a PGO parlay, baby. Exactly. Any uh, any big hockey news since last night? Um, big hockey news. Oh, well, so when we ended last episode, at the time, I think it was, what did I say? Seattle was winning 6-5 halfway through the game. Um, that game ended up, Seattle ended up winning that 9-8 to in overtime. Wow. So a, a big high scoring game. It was, I actually, after we finished recording, I, I watched the rest of it and it was just like, holy shit. Like, just back and forth. Goalies couldn't make a save. Offense, offenses were flying. Defenses were nowhere to be seen. It was, it was wild. That's, that's for sure. Uh, yeah. Geez, that is, that is tough sometimes. I find, and I think it's, I think it can sometimes, in my opinion, and this is coming from someone who knows shit all. But I think it can sometimes become the most prevalent in hockey when a goalie is having a bad game. Yeah. Like, you think about in soccer. <laughs> the net's so big. Yeah, honestly. Or in, or in like, if you're a defenseman, you can kind of hide, hide amongst the plays. But name another sport. You know, I think the, a comparable one would be, like, a pitcher in baseball. When when a team gets onto an opposing pitcher and then just everyone starts being able to hit off them. And then in baseball, that's when you'd pull the pitcher. Yeah. But it's like, I think sometimes there's just off nights in the office. Well, and the, the funny thing was, is um, Seattle has, has so many goalie injuries. I'm not even sure who their backup is at this point, but Martin Jones had to play the entire game. Jeez. They didn't even pull him, whereas... Um, LA was able to to pull quick, and then they put in Cal Peterson, who was actually placed on waivers the following day. Ouch, that's so, tough. Yeah, he kind of lost his job in 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 one game right there. It's just tough. Yeah. Jeez. Um, and then following up on the one uh one of the things that I was going ham about on the clown report um, when I was uh, when I put the Colorado Avalanche fans on there. Or some yeah. fans, I should say. Um, so yesterday, they... Or no. What's that? Oh, so sorry. It was on um, a couple of days ago. They were, they were playing the Winnipeg Jets in Winnipeg. Um, and, and nothing's been said about what, you know, transpired to, like, um, cause it. But there was actually a fight in the stands um, between two, two Avalanche fans and a Winnipeg fan. And so they, they were just going ham, like just feeding up. This was probably, it was in the very, the lower bowl. And it was maybe six or five rows up about that. Yeah. Um, so everyone could see what's going on. And 
I only there's only like two videos that that was recorded where it became public. But one of the Avalanche fans ended up putting the the Jets guy in a headlock and just like threw him threw him down the stairs. Like him and the other guy and the Jeez. Winnipeg fan actually slammed his head off of the edge of the boards and like bashed his head open. Oh my god. And there was there was like blood fucking all over the boards. Like it was pretty um nasty. The Winnipeg fan is completely okay. He he's going to make a full recovery thankfully. And then both mm-hmm. both of these Avalanche fans are now being um they they were arrested, they're being charged and they've been uh banned from um the Winnipeg Jets Stadium. I forget what it's called. It's something weird. Well, now. I would sure fucking they, hope. They've been banned from that that arena for for life now. So just a couple more. And then there was a drunk woman there who had to get handcuffed and dragged out of the arena as well, which was an Avs fan. So all in the same game. Yeah, not not a good showing for Avs fans on on the road there. Well, specifically Avs fans in Winnipeg. What's what's in the water there? What's the deal? Yeah, right. Just I mean, good old good old rivalry game. And I don't think it helped the fact that Winnipeg won five nothing. Like they they dominated that entire game from start to finish. So probably just Avs fans getting drunk, all pissed off, and yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say if it gets uh, hopeless early, that that's when that stuff happens. Yeah. Um, we kind of forgot to cover it, and we were originally gonna do something for it, but all good because we lost all three games. But Canada's out of the World Cup. Yeah. But we scored two goals. Yeah, they did. You know, it's two bet two better than the previous time. Exactly. And it, it, it scored. Sorry. And a guy I I feel so bad for though is their like star player Alfonso Davies. Um that very first game they played. Um who was it that they played? When they played uh Croatia. I think that was their first game, right? Uh no, Belgium. Oh, Belgium. So it was in like the first, I don't know, 20 minutes or something. Davies had a, a penalty kick and, and didn't score. And then Canada ends up losing that game one nothing. But it's like, man. And that was the game that Canada, you know, dominated like the entire second half. Yeah. So it's like, man, if, like, if he makes that, uh, that penalty kick there and they go up one nothing and, and run with that momentum, like it, it could have been a completely... Uh, different story for them potentially because you know they end up winning that game momentum feeds the next one they're like you know shit boys like we get a we get a draw here or uh a win and and we move on so then you know they just kind of feed off that and um and then even their second game croatia uh davy scored two minutes into the game it's like holy shit here we go like canada came out flying and then they end up losing 4-1 um yeah but it's like man you know it, the bright spot is that it, I don't think, you know, I think we'll, we'll see Canada back in the World Cup um, in, in 2026. That's what I was just going to you know. Like, say. I think it's something to look forward to and be like, hey, you know, it's, it's not like, oh, this was like our, our one and only, you know, I mean, realistically, Canada probably never going to win a World Cup. Um, oh. Or at least not, not in our lifetime, I would say. I don't know, man. We have... Uh... We have a pretty it's, robust it's immigration forward. policy. I think if we if we keep accepting people from different countries, that's our best chance. No, it literally is, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, it's it's not like it's like, oh no, they've lost like we're never gonna have something like this happen again. Like, no, we'll I think I think they'll be back. 
Well, and I, I, I think I, I just think pissed Canada doesn't get all that fucking beer, man. That's uh, that's what I'm that's what I'm really fuming about. Um, yeah, it's uh no, but I I do think it's tough because no, not not tough. I think we should be looking at it better because we will be back. Excuse me. Yeah. As we saw with the women's team doing better in the past few years, Canada's def or soccer's definitely growing within Canada. So it's becoming more embedded in our culture, which will rise the skill level nationally. Yeah. And then I think you also look at, you know, we did score two goals. We haven't been in the tournament in 30 years and we didn't score a single goal last time. Yeah. No. Yeah. So it's like to, to, to have any takeaway, it's, you know what? I know it didn't go our way, but almost like the, the Switzerland coach, like pressure. I don't know what pressure is at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just things things to, to look forward to and, you know, just build off it. Because Canada, like, they're a lot of their young, good, like, well, they're good players. They're, they're young. So they're going to be a part of the, um, the team next go around, I would assume. And then... You just build build around uh, around those guys because they're going to be there again. So you already know what you're you're going to have going into it, and it's just putting the the supporting cast around them. I could not agree more. I I completely agree. Um, but yeah, so so I just I know we kind of were on hockey and then I jumped us off, but I I remembered we hadn't covered much of the World Cup, so it's a shame we're out. But hooray, hip hip hooray, we scored two goals. Back yeah. to NHL. Back to what Canada does best: hockey. That is true. That's very true. Um, well, actually, here you know, here's a little stat I'm going to give you. Yeah, hit me. Um, and I don't know the truth of this, and I'll be very careful because it's uh, another comedian's bit. It's part of another comedian who I'm friends with, uh, his bit. Okay. But it's the stat that um, apparently the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have, like, one of the worst records in sports franchise history. Probably. They've been around for fucking ages. And, like, across all sports in the world, for a professional franchise, they have the worst record. I can't imagine the very worst. I think for the major teams. It's, like, it's some crazy stat. You ready for I the mean, next stat? It's not fully surprising, but you ready for the next stat? Yep. Some st- and and again, I I don't know the exact facts on it, but Rough Riders Stadium has like nice the stadium. most liquor sales per capita than any other stadium in the world. Damn straight. But the, okay, so two things on that though. <clears throat> One, I mean, yeah, Saskatchewan fans love to booze it up with their pilsner and whatnot. But second of all, like that that stadium is is so. Because they're they're in their their new one now. Uh, they've been in for a couple years, but that stadium is so like beautifully designed for li- literally any um like it's mostly used for football, but like any sporting event. That's why there's talks of there now being a or maybe there was already. Maybe that happened last year or something. There was like a heritage game um in the NHL that was played in 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 that stadium. Um. I just think it's a fun stat, though. Like, like not. I'm oh, not yeah. trying to shit on Saskatchewan. I think it's funny. If you, my, you, yeah, you got one of the worst records and the highest liquor sales. Yeah. Oh yeah. But no, like literally, when you're there, like, I I've been to so many Flames games, and it's like, 
there's times where I'm like, man, like I, I would love a beer here, but it's like I don't want to go wait in line for, you know, fifteen minutes to get one, and then when you got to go to the bathroom, then you're waiting in line for twenty minutes. Like at the Riders Stadium, you could go and uh, you could go to the bathroom and go and buy a beer and be back in your seat in the span of a commercial break. Because there's so many bathrooms. There's like, I think they've got four levels there. So whatever section, like whatever level and section you're in, you've got like pretty much your own bathroom there and your own concession there. Like it's it's so amazing there. Can't say enough good things about it. Uh, that, you know, that is awesome. Good um, on it. I just got the game on here in the background. Breaking news. Uh, Steven Stamkos on the Tampa Bay Lightning just hit career point number 1,000. Hey, congrats to Mr. Stamkos. Yeah, good on him there. That's big a few stuff. more and then he'll catch up to me. Um, good on him. Uh, so any other big pressing hockey news? Uh, the, the, only, uh, there's the only other thing, I, I just was reading the full thing just to, to make sure. Um, so the Ottawa Senators, one of their young, good forwards, um, Alex Formanton, who is currently or, or was like a, an RFA. He was only qualified. So it was 2 p.m. today was the, the deadline for him to sign um, with the team. Otherwise, he, he, uh, he can't play hockey anywhere this year because the Senators still, they still hold his, his rights and uh, they didn't reach a deal. So by the NHL's rules, he, he can't play professional hockey anywhere um, for, for the rest of uh, this season. Oh, man, that sucks. Who's this? Um, Alex Formanton. So oh, wow. he was part of, I believe he was on the, let me look it up. I just want to make sure I got the year. I believe it was the 2019 or 2018 um, World Junior Hockey Team for, for Canada. Mm. And that's currently the, sorry, 2018. Um, and so that's the, the World Junior team from Canada that's being investigated for a potential um, SA on, on someone. Ooh, yes. So, and, and I've, I've, I've tried to pay as close attention to it as I, as I can, but there's just not a lot of stuff that's being, you know, released right now. Cause it's still an ongoing investigation. Um, yeah. But, you know, there, there's quite a few guys on the team right when it happened, put out a thing saying like, you know, I'm, I just want to let everyone know, like, you know, I'm, I'm now aware of, of what happened. Because I, I do believe some of the guys on that team didn't know. Yeah. Uh, but quite a few guys on the team put something out and said, like, hey, I, this is the first um, that this has been brought to my attention. Like, I'm, I'm fully going to participate in the police investigation in any way that I can to help them. Um, and, 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 and good on them. Like, if, if they did nothing wrong then that, that's a perfectly good statement to make, and it shows that they're, 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 they're working towards doing the right thing. But it sounds like Formanton didn't do that, so now it's looking like he might have been part of it. Nothing's official yet, though. Oh. Uh, but so the Ottawa Senators didn't want to sign him. Because huh. uh, this came out after they'd already qualified him, so it's like, well, now we own his <laughs> rights. So they were trying to trade away his rights. Yeah. Um. And and obviously, no team was was gonna bite on that. And so then the deadline passed today. So now he he has to miss this entire uh, entire season. Like obviously, he, you know, he can train. I don't think he can train at the at the Senators' facilities and whatnot. Nor would I think they would let him right now. Uh, yeah. 
that's that's tough for him though. Wow, that's Especially when crazy. you're a young guy. When you're a young guy with so much potential and you you miss an entire season, it's like, damn. Yeah, but you know, I think, and, and you, you never know the full story. But if it is something connected with that uh, the SA stuff, right? Yeah, you know, it it goes back to the thing we said a few episodes ago, kind of like Russ of transitioning teams, like. At that point, when they're all so skilled, it comes down to how can you fit in a locker room. And yeah, some people might exactly. look at it and go, oh, like that stuff shouldn't ruin his career if he's a good hockey player, kind of like the Mitchell Miller thing. But it's like, yeah. but what makes hockey teams so good is their locker room cohesiveness. And if he takes away from that, no, that's not, exactly, that's not yeah. being woke. That's looking out for the team. And it's especially a team like the Senators as well, where they don't, I think they're, they very well might actually be like the youngest team in the league um, on average age. So it's like they don't even have many veterans on that team. It's a lot of young guys. So it's like, you know, you don't want to subject them to a guy like that if if he is, you know, guilty and whatnot. Like you don't want to have your young guys in a locker room with him and, and you know, just ruin the the dynamic that, that they're, they're trying to establish there with these other young guys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Russ, though, because you talked about him not, not meshing the locker room. Um, not cooking. So he, his wife Sierra, planned a birthday party for him the other week, and invited the entire Broncos team. And it was said that maybe half of the the team showed up, which isn't like you know groundbreaking. I was just thought that was curious. Like, I don't know. It's just none of the guys wanted to to go there. I guess. Well, I wonder if or, uh, or maybe if agent maybe they got all the invitations. Yeah, I was up. gonna say, yeah, maybe maybe they couldn't contact his agent to let him know. So could yeah. could also be part of it. Jeez, that's an awful look, man. That's just you know, it's a shame because I think maybe that that bad imagery was protected when he was staying in one city, and it was kind of it feels like this is all like the, these aren't new issues, but they've been brought to light with yeah. him moving. Well, and it was like with Seattle, it was like. Well, you can't sit there and, you know, bash your own quarterback. Like, no one really wants to do that, especially because then everyone's counter-argument, well, he, he won you a Super Bowl. Yeah. So how, how pissed off can you really be at this guy if he's not performing great na- right now? He still brought a championship to your, to your city. Well, and, and not just myself. A lot of people last year were saying the issue with Seattle wasn't Russ. It was Pete Carroll. No, now it's, <laughs> yeah. And I, and I was one of those people. I was like, man, fuck. You gotta keep Wilson. Like you gotta, you gotta kick Pete Carroll to the curb, man. But like, yeah. Pete Carroll's got the Seahawks in a playoff spot, and the Broncos are sitting almost near bottom of the league, and they don't even have their first round pick. That that's yeah. going to Seattle. It's just another weapon for Pete Carroll to have now. Crazy. No, man. I will. I will fully Crazy. admit I was on the wrong side of that. Uh, so was I. That image there. Yeah, hundred percent. One hundred percent. Not not much other hockey news though. Um, oh, we, we, we didn't discuss it. We didn't discuss it. Um, a couple weeks ago, the, the Toronto Argonauts won the 2022 uh, Grey Cup. They dethroned Winnipeg from the three-peat. I made they money on my bet. They them. Yeah, I did too. We hit something. Um, no, and, and I will... I could very confidently say probably... Uh, at least from from all the games I've I've watched and old highlights watched, I would say the best ending ever to a uh, to a Grey Cup game. 
Yeah, just with the block kick and everything, eh? Well, just ev- I would say everything from like the final three minutes because it, it was a good back and forth game, you know, all the way through. And then Winnipeg gets the ball, it's like, you know, crunch time. All they got to do is uh, they got like, what is it? Two. Well, I guess first, yeah, Toronto tries to kick the the field goal and Winnipeg blocked it. So then it was turnover. So now it's like, shit. Instead of Toronto or Winnipeg having to get down and get a touchdown to win, all they got to do is get a field goal. And they got like two and a half minutes to work with. Yeah, that's right. And then Toronto sacked Kolaris on, on third down because it's only three downs in, in the CFL. Uh, I know, right. And... Oh no! Just, just in case anyone else didn't. Know. Oh, okay, that's fine. That's fine. I, I thought that was directed. No, 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 like, no. All right, man. No, I, I, I get I'm dumb. No, and I, I get I, I'm, I know I'm you under the weather this episode. <laughs> but I know how many fucking downs there are in football. No, no, no. I I knew that you knew. Um, but no. Then then Toronto sacks Kolaris, and then it was like maybe three or four seconds after the play. All the Toronto players are celebrating because they're like, "Shit, we just got the ball on Winnipeg's like ten yard line." We're we're cruising, and then the refs throw the flag, and they're like face masking, because Carlos was trying to dance around these two guys, and he he did get face masked, so it was like fuck. But it was, it was, it wasn't until after Carlos got up and like put his hands up, that's when the refs like, all right, throw it in. That's like, tough. Call it that's immediately. A tough then, Jen was like, oh fuck, here we go. Like when Winnipeg's gonna come back and win out because it's a whatever ten yard penalty, automatic first down, and and then yeah, Winnipeg goes down, and it's. Take a field goal, game over, and that kick gets blocked too. And Toronto, wild stuff, man. Wins, wins the game. Crazy. Um, and then not only that, because uh, it, it happened last, I believe it was no two years ago, the the game in Calgary, where Winnipeg won their their first of the back to back. Um, Kalaros got because they do like MVP of the the Grey Cup, and then um. What are they? I can't remember what they call it. It's like the most valuable Canadian. So because it's a CFL, so they want to do one like yeah. just towards Canadian players. So Kalaros won that, and he was the first player to ever do that. Oh, and then cool. um, Winnipeg wins here, and I I just want to um, what was yeah. Um, so then afterwards, um, Henico Muamba. Uh, linebacker for Toronto. He actually was the second player ever to do it. He won the the MVP and the most valuable Canadian, but the first to do it as a defensive player. Nice. So not something you you see very often. I mean, it was pretty clear it was going to go to a, uh, a, a like he was really the only guy that that could yeah. that that makes sense to win it. I mean, like Ottawa's uh, or what is it? Fuck Toronto. <laughs> They're running back Harris. He only had 55 yards, no touchdowns. Um, they're, they're back up. He had two touchdowns, but he only had 24 yards. Neither yeah. quarterback threw a single um, touchdown in the game. Both the Winnipegs came from their backup quarterback, who literally had nine yards, two touchdowns. But it was obviously going to go to a Toronto player. So it was like... Yeah. Well, and I it was, and I it was know a weird scoring game. I will say that's fair, and I know as cliche as this sounds, I think sometimes, especially you know, in those championship games, especially in a sport like football, um, 
that that MVP is such a tough award to give out. Like I remember even when Brady <clears throat> Brady won it with the Bucks. Yeah. Like I think he got MVP for that. Yeah. And it was kind of the similar situation of like, yeah, he had a great game, makes sense, but it was like, well, everyone had an amazing game. Like everyone yeah. just played perfectly. That that what was so great about that Bucks win. It's like every defensive player was on their game. Gronk scored two touchdowns. Like everyone played a, their role yeah. to an exact T. Where it's like yeah. Brady almost Brady didn't have to have this four hundred yard five touchdown performance. He had a very uh, he had a good performance, no doubt. But I think it was like one interception. To three touchdowns, 300 yards, like great performance, amazing performance. But for for MVP, Super Bowl MVP, it's like, yeah, just the whole team played so good. It's, yeah. You know, you, you, at the, sometimes you just end up having to pick someone like that. Yeah. Well, and it was. And not, not to say this guy's undeserving. This is no, this is no diss towards him. This is more just saying. Um, no, no, no. I, I get what you're saying. It's, it's tough on the rest of the team because, you know, in games like that, everyone had to have done their part to the fullest especially those really offensive and defensive games that's why i said in like yeah. hockey in hockey you're back checking you're forechecking right like yeah if you fuck off on defense it's going to be very obvious but yeah. in football like you only play one phase of the game mm-hmm. so it's like oh yeah the mvp the most valuable players being picked from someone who had only in theory played 50 percent well, and he, I mean, it was, he, he had the biggest play of the game, I would say, because Winnipeg got the ball with um, three minutes left. And I, I don't know if you know this, because I, I didn't realize that it changed. Um, but they actually do a three-minute warning now instead of a two-minute warning. Mm. And then the, the clock stops after um, each play. Like, it's not just consistent runtime. Even if the guy is down in bounds, it, like, the clock is stopped until they... Um, blow the game like back into play oh um so winnipeg got the ball with three minutes left, so it's like fuck they got three whole minutes to get down and um get a field goal and they tried you know winnipeg trying to be all flashy they took Kolaris out and put their their backup in for one play and he threw an interception which was the one that uh oh, moamba in- intercepted and then that's where winnipeg wow. or toronto um, ended up getting that kick block and then Winnipeg got the ball back. But like that was a fucking huge play because like Winnipeg was was marching and I don't know why they got so cocky to do. If they didn't do that play, they probably win that game. But yeah. they they just got cocky and they're like, ah, oh, let's do a little trick play. They're going to think our backup is going to run the ball like he, he has the entire game. Throws one pass all game and it gets picked. Jeez, that's brutal. And and that's that's tough on the backup man. That like poor poor kid in that situation. Yeah. No, fuck him. He chose to play for Winnipeg. He's got to sit on that. You raise that's a very tough. valid point. Um, if anyone wants a feel good story, I encourage all of you to, if you can find online, to watch um, Mwamba's post game interviews, especially the one where after he just got presented with the trophies, he was doing an interview in front of literally everyone, and um. His daughter, I don't know, she looked like five or six, got up onto the stage and ran over to him, and he just, like, immediately broke down. Like, it was yeah. just, like, all the emotions are there for him. So it was, it was honestly a really, uh, a really cool, um, 
I fucking uh, lose moment. it over those moments. I don't care uh, when the kids too. are yeah. being annoying in the press conference, like when the kids fucking with the mic. Like, whatever, we get yeah, it. Like, she literally it's... just. And then she was so shy because he, he obviously like just picked her up and wanted to continue out the interview, and she just like was just sitting there, just staring at him, like she was just off in her own little world. I, she had probably had no idea what was even going on. Yeah. Oh, I love but it was just it was I such a good moment for him. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Um. Drop over to some clown stuff. Let's do it, baby. And start with one right off the bat. Uh, the Toronto Argonauts backup quarterback, Chad Kelly. Um, he came in and played like the last five minutes. Or no, actually probably played from like four minutes on in the third quarter. The end of the game, he came in because uh, Toronto's starting quarterback, Bethel Thompson, like dislocated or broke his thumb. He hit it off like a player's helmet. So Chad Kelly comes in, made made some good plays, um, and I don't I don't know if he was serious or if it's just he was so hyped up after the big win and being a champion. But like he's a backup quarterback on a CFL team, and then in interviews he says like, "Yeah, I could I should easily like be in the NFL and be a starting quarterback there." And it's like, dude, all right, yeah, you were a backup quarterback for a reason. Now you think, oh, I could easily be a star- maybe over Russell Wilson or Zach Wilson. Um, when did he say this? It was, I think it was like the day after. It might have even been like post-game press conference. Day after we get into the come on man territory. If it's if it's within that night, especially like I think the most excusable is if it's an on-field interview. If no, you just no, want to break up, someone puts interview. a mic in your someone puts a mic in your face. I'm going, dude. I could be playing little league, and I'm going. Yeah, I could fucking start in the NFL, bud. I, I want to say it was the um, the day after. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I could be wrong, but from, from what I remember, I remember seeing seeing it like the following day in something. And he, he didn't look like he was... Just came out of a game. Um, but I could be wrong. I, know. I could right. be wrong. He, he, he does clean up nice, so maybe he just got himself in check right after the game. But, but the longer after the game, the most excusable time to make a statement is walking off the field because that's like the noise is big and you're like yeah man i'm going to the nfl and then it's like yeah you're allowed to say it in that moment the second you're off the field you need to snap into reality yeah no i, I more, completely any agree. other clown so what was um, his name uh chad kelly chad kelly clown yeah who's um, next a guy that i I, I really liked before, but I'm I'm starting to grow a strong dislike for him. Um, former, what what you could call a top five cornerback in League One Point, Patrick Peterson, former former Cardinal, now on the Vikings. Mm. Um, so it it first kind of started a couple weeks ago um, when Arizona was playing uh, Minnesota. Um. I'm just trying to see what uh, what week that was in. Um, so that that was back in week eight when the Vikings beat the Cardinals uh, 34 to to 26. Sorry, one more time. Uh, so that so that was sorry that was back in week eight when the the Vikings beat the Cardinals. Yeah. So. Um, and then I I I can't remember what game it happened in for the Vikings, but Patrick Peterson had um an interception 
Okay. And his uh, his celebration when he ran because it wasn't a pick six, but he you know they go down the end zone in front of the camera to celebrate, and he he does a little um, celebration like he he's gaming, like he's holding a controller and playing. Let's obviously, go. obviously he's taking a shot at Kyler Murray. Yeah, like everyone knew, as he and, should. No, was the interception against Kyler? No, no, this was a couple weeks later. Ah. But like the whole Patrick Peterson drama started because after the Vikings beat the Cardinals, he's not even like celebrating the win. He's just running around on the field being like, where's fucking Steve Kime, like the Cardinals GM? He's like, I want him to come down here and be a f- man and face me right now because he's all pissed off that the Cardinals didn't want to keep him and let him go and he's just bitter. Yeah, but he so think- did, he's they, like- did they part ways really poorly? I didn't think no one thought so. I guess he did. The Cardinals yeah. just let him go because his last year there with them, he was taking at least one pass interference penalty a game. Like he was just losing his guys. Him and Drake Kirkpatrick just just ruined our set. Like the Cardinals secondary, they yeah. took they each took a pass interference a game. They were constantly holding guys and um. So, anyways, he it all kind of started from week eight there when he's wanted to fight the Cardinals GM on the field and saying, like, come down here and face me. And then a couple of days ago on his, uh, on Patrick Peterson on his podcast, he said, Kyler Murray don't care about nobody but Kyler Murray. Um, so that's what Patrick Peterson had to say. And then Kyler Murray responded, um, to, to the, to his thing, and Murray said, and this is where Murray's actually, a lot of people are starting to like him and respect him for his did, response. Just quickly though, but did he respond in like, did he respond via tweet or like an a- Xbox Live message? Shut up, he tweeted it. Xbox Live message. Tyler Murray said, um, this isn't true, you're on some weird shit, at, at, and added him in it. You got my number, if you really felt like this as a big bro or a mentor, you're supposed to call me and tell me, not drag me so your podcast can grow. Good shit. Which I thought was, was a very was a better way than I would have handled it if I was Murray when it comes to, to that response. Um, yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah, so I, was, I was ready for a Modern Warfare 2 lobby to, to break out. Up. You know what bugs me? Is literally Tyree kills streams Fortnite like every night and no one bats an eye. Because you know what, what happened? But Tyler Murray was... streamed, for, streamed COD like a couple times and it's all on him. No, because he did a cover of Sports Illustrated and signed with FaZe Clan about it. There's nothing wrong with that. He's just making extra money on the side. He, does, he doesn't. But he, but he he's just a poster himself, boy. But he's, he's just bra- a poster like, boy. Exactly, he made himself a poster boy. That's why he gets the grief for it. Nothing wrong with he's the that, poster though. boy. He's just getting that, getting that money. Fair, but, but you asked why does Tyreek Hill not get the shit and why does Kyler Murray get the shit? Because Kyler Murray's the poster boy. Yeah, but he, he's making shit ton of more money than Tyreek Hill ever will. Um, no, but no, so, that, so that's kind of a, a whole thing blowing up. I'm, I want to find it because DeAndre Hopkins actually had a... Um, he had a really good response to it. I'm not seeing it, but he, he actually had a really good response to to what Patrick Peterson and, and Murray said. And he's obviously on, on, on Kyler's side, but 
I would hope. Um, but yeah, so that that that's something that's escalating, and it's going to continue to escalate. Like Patrick Peterson hates the Cardinals with a passion now. He, they he's, play he's made each other anymore in the season. Apparent. No. No. And the funny oh. part is, is, is the game against when they played Peterson just got fucking lit up. Yeah. But then he still like mouthed us off like he's like, "Hey, your team won, dude." But like, you literally didn't do shit. You were the reason the Cardinals got most of their points. Yeah. And this isn't. I'm not trying to shit talk your team here. Obviously, the Cardinals would need a very big turnaround. But with how it looks, I would just say new coach. Sean Payton. But I'm I'm just saying in the terms of the, these guys' two rivalry, I'm saying is there any chance we see Cardinals uh Vikings in the playoffs? But I, I don't I don't know if the Cardinals I, I don't think they're playoff uh, bound this year. No. No, well no, after that loss, that was literally why it was so heartbreaking when the Chargers got that two point convert mm-hmm. at the end, because it was literally like if Arizona doesn't win this game, they're done. Like they could not afford another loss. Because they're four and eight now. Like they're they're done. Once it is now 17 games, so best you can pull now is seven and eight. Yeah, 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 done. There's more, there's more Cardinals drama with another team if you want to hear it. I always do. Um, so the two like two weeks ago when they played the, the 49ers in Mexico on the, the Monday night game, yeah, um, DeAndre Hopkins made an insane catch with two of the two 49ers players there like it, it was phenomenal um and then he gets up and you know kind of does like a, a little point thing and yeah. then the ref immediately is like oh that's unsportsmanlike conduct 15 yards back Whoa. funny thing is andy dalton or not andy dalton dalton schultz and the cowboys did that after getting a touchdown nothing so i think it really comes down to players just need to see who the refs are and that can kind of determine how much they can celebrate and taunt and whatnot. Because some Wait, some what? refs don't don't care, they don't mind it, but some are like no immediately like um throw, throw a flag when players do that. Wait, did he just do the first down point? No, he he pointed at at um oh. Traverius Ward, oh, but it was okay. like a little point, like it wasn't even much. But yeah, um, but but by by definition, that is like. Outside I mean, of NFL yeah. terminology, by dictionary definition, that is taunting. Yeah, it is. Um, but 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 then like guys do it all the time. It, uh, it's just again like it comes down to just the refs that that you've got there. Um, well, and it's interesting with uh, all the pass interference, uh, yeah, pass interference and roughing the passer calls. It's almost yeah. becoming a little bit like um, the MLB in the sense of you need to know your umpire for that game. No, yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. Like it's um, now becoming, a, and and people hate it, myself included. But refs are becoming a legitimate part of the game that you need to know are. to play to. Exactly. Um, but so, anyways, Traverius Ward is obviously very pissed off because DeAndre Hopkins just schooled him all game long. But the Forty ers got the win, so he he goes on to run his mouth and um, says some stuff about Hopkins, and then calls him steroid boy. Because Hopkins had that suspension for 0.01% of a, a substance um, in his drug test. So that's, that's pretty bold to call someone steroid boy like that. Well, um, it's a job for steroids, though. Let's be then, real. 
Like, I both, but I don't even think it was. I don't even think it was steroids, though. That's the thing. Like, but, it was something else. But I, I, I think I just, I just want to say this though on the NFL, and this is why I like joking about McCaffrey so much. Yeah, is because the NFL is a lot less. A lot of these leagues is a lot less rigorous than a like an Olympic or a like an MMA level testing. Yeah. So a lot of guys pop and it's it's not like Julian Edelman popped he got suspended for four games. Yeah. Like there's a lot of receivers and it's such a physical game and they're already like it's there's so much shady shit with team doctors already of them getting pumped up with pharmaceuticals. Yeah. That like half of the time it's like they take the substance almost knowing the league knows, the team knows, and then they just take the four games because they need the substance to recover or, or heal an injury oh, or, exactly, or speed yeah. up something. So it's like, I I think it's obviously Buddy's just shit talking, and it's like, yeah, if the playing the whole, Hopkins he only popped for responses to it. Oh yeah, what did Hopkins say? So he started out by saying something like, "Oh, the," it was like, "Oh, like." the guy that I lit up all night or something like that. It was something funny. And then Hopkins says, um, I would love to get, get in the boxing ring and see how tough he is in real life. So I'm assuming, I think Traverius Ward ended up tweeting it or was responding to a tweet from someone talking about the catch and called him steroid boy. So Hopkins like, fuck it. I just want to fight this guy now and see if he's really all that tough. And then Traverius Ward never, never said anything back after that. I guess it's shut. Yeah, I guess it's different when it's in the nature of pro sports, especially if you don't say anything on the field and then go to Twitter. And that's why saying, you know, that's why the boxing ring response, I do think has an exemption. It does work. But typically as a rule of thumb, in a shit-talking battle, the first guy to bring up the fight usually loses. Unless you're Jake Paul, for whatever reason. (laughs) Well, no, no, not, but I mean, like, no, 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 I know in a boxing saying. sense, but like if if we're just like sh- shooting the shit, like shooting barbs, you know, I call you steroid boy. You call and me Hopkins would win. He's not steroid Roy. boy. Like, but, there you go. But Travis Ward doesn't stand a chance. Yeah, one's one's juiced. Yeah, um, but if we're just shooting the shit, and then one guy goes, "Why well, would win in a fight?" It's like ah, and the shit talking game has been won. Violence yeah. loses that battle. Traveris Ward never, never seen. It'll be interesting to see when they play again, though, because they, they, the Cardinals and 49ers got to play one, uh, one more time this year. Is it uh, prime time? When's the game? Uh, I, I think it's. I think it literally might be the, the final week of the season, but I, it's definitely not. I think the Cardinals are, are um, their only other prime. Well, their prime time game is next week against the, uh, the Pat. So if you're the Cardinals, you they have a lot of unfortunate January circumstance. 8th. Okay. You're the Cardinals. You've had shit circumstance. Mm-hmm. You've dealt with injuries that all timed against each other, where one guy was injured when the other guy was healthy, and then one guy was healthy when the other guy was injured. You didn't, you, like, I don't know. Have the Cardinals been able to build a big offensive syn- synchronicity this year? Um, I would say so. The problem is, is the Cardinals had a, an average O-line to say the least to start the season. 
and four of their starters are are out. I think they've all been out for a while now. They've actually gone through, I think it was like 13 different offensive linemen, um, like combinations and whatnot. But the thing is, like, again, I like I said, it just it comes down to the coach. Like, it, it really does. It does. But I was, well, the point I was just going to make, though, uh, what I was getting at, because I wanted to ask you a question. You, you, but you kind of just backed up my point by saying the O-line. So the Cardinals have been injured this year. They, they have, yeah. Yeah, so, so they haven't had, they haven't been able to build the cohesive team they, they envisioned at the start of the year. Yeah. I think a lot of people probably agree if the Cardinals had all the pieces, or even more than they had, 4-8 and eight would not be their record. Well, no, and like but, I said, when it comes but, to the draft, it's literally... Let me ask this question. Okay. So maybe if I were a coach, and maybe this plays into it, but um, do you, if you're the Cardinals, do you tank? Despite having all this talent, do you just go, okay, well, we'll tank for the rest of the year, get a pick, and next year's going to be our year? Cause, or do you fear no. if you tank like... Are, are the Cardinals going to now get into territory of talent retention? Because like you, you, it's easier to retain talent the better team you are. I, I, think, they're, I think they're still going to go out there and give it their all. Like the, the, like you're not going to be able to tell a guy like J.J. Watt we're tanking. Or a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. Like it's, it's not going to happen. Especially when Kingsbury's job realistically should be on the line. When it, it sounds like it's, it's not even in question of him getting fired for whatever reason. Um, okay. So then now comes the question of, are they going to start struggling with talent retention? Because like you can make the argument D-Hop so. and J.J. Watt went to the Cardinals because they, they are a young, promising team, especially the last two years. Like this mm-hmm. year, they've definitely been struggling. And it's like, you know, you saw that a little bit happening with, um, you know, a lot of guys wanted to go to the Ravens because they looked like the hot team. The second Brady moved even, to the even Bucks, the Raiders. Everyone, yeah, everyone wanted to go to the Bucks when Brady moved to the Bucks. It's like, yeah, that's a real thing. And so people like um, Arizona was becoming a destination team because of the youth, because of Kyler, because of whatever but energy put, there was his, coming his first, out of it. His first two years, he looked good. I think the biggest issue is the fact that so Murray missed two games with an injury. Yeah. And then, like, these, these are the weapons that they have. Like, they, they, their offense, aside from their O-line, is, is set for years. Because they've got Murray at quarterback. Um, and then they're, they've got Brown and Hopkins for receivers. Zach Ertz is their top tight end. And then they've still got guys like Robbie Anderson, Rondell Moore, who's coming up. Greg Dorch, who's been phenomenal this year, um, stepping up. And then you've got a serviceable running back um, that can get you those, you know, third and one, fourth and one uh, rushes and whatnot. James Conner, who can punch it into the end zone. Like it's the problem is, is th- there's Hopkins is suspended. And then as soon as he comes back, Brown goes down with an injury right before Brown comes back. Zach Ertz goes out for the year. Rondell Moore's now out. And then Murray missed those couple games. Like it's, it was just they couldn't be healthy. And then the, the O line falls apart in the span of like two weeks so brandon yep brandon the very first point i made 
was that they were all injured at ill times where one guy was injured when the other one wasn't. They all traded yeah. off where they never had And that's had the biggest thing. I, so it's it's not going to affect the team long term. No, like, for I sure. Think I, Geiser, I'm, I think I'm just pointing out something because no, yeah. we're, we're a comedy podcast. You said, uh, well, not exactly. And then you've gone on to exactly say my point just no, in was, different no, words. I was referring to your, your other point that you oh, made because okay. you, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Um, <laughs> no, but I was like, wait, wasn't this, isn't this what I just fucking said? No, no, no. I was, I was going off, off your other point. Don't worry. No, I was, but I was, I was agreeing with you. Um, yeah, I mean, the only thing is, and the defense isn't even that bad. Like, it's not great, but it's serviceable and it, it has its moments. Yeah, it really just comes down to, and I love Cliff. I think he has so much potential as either just a head coach or an offensive coordinator, but he can't do both. Yeah. He, he literally just cannot. And I don't think anyone in, in the NFL could. Yeah. Well, um, and... Yeah. Sorry, go for it. No, yeah, like there's, it's literally just that. It's. I was going to say typically coaching issues. Yeah, typically coaching issues are pretty glaring um, day one. And it's, I think, in my mind, maybe I'm way off. But from what I look, I think it's kind of rare to see the coach truly being the one holding the team back. Usually the coach is the scapegoat. And usually, and sometimes I think a coach joins a team for a year and it's just a shit show altogether and he's gone in a year. Well, the, the fact but you don't see it thin. often of of a decent team two years third year slumping and it's like it it is the coach because that was kind of the thing like I was going to blame Pete Carroll last year saying oh this yeah. is that one of those situations he's no longer the coach he's no longer the coach and well sure as shit it looks like he's still the coach I just I maybe Russell Wilson wasn't the player but I think I don't think we're at a point where we're able to say Kyler Murray isn't the player. I think we're, no, we're better I, I, off I, saying Kingsbury isn't the coach. And I think, and I'm starting to see more and more, because before it was literally just like the Cardinals sold the team when they signed Murray. He's a bum. But more and more people are starting to say that Cliff's a problem. And the I can't, I, I don't remember what game it was, but the moment I wanted Cliff um, gone was the moment him and Murray had that like heated exchange on the the sidelines, because um, like Cliff called the player something Murray like, or, or it was it was it was something weird I can't remember it was Cliff tried to call a stupid play when it was like third and long or something and Murray didn't like it, um, or he, he or he didn't get the playoff to him in time that's what it was, yeah and then so it's I I don't see any issue with you know players and coaches getting into a heated exchange. Um, you know, they're, they're professional athletes, like emotions run high. That's part of the game. But like when Murray's going off at Cliff for being a fucking dummy and Cliff just takes it on the chin, he's, he just, he just lets Murray go at him. He just kind of stands there and it's like, oh, fuck me. It's like, he just gets, I feel like he's just the type of guy that just gets kind of pushed around. Like he's not, he doesn't have authority almost. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you think, do you think he doesn't have a good, uh, run over that locker room? I, I, I'm just, I'm starting to think maybe he doesn't. I think he's just trying to be so chill about it and like, yeah. And I want to like him and I, I don't want to see him completely gone. I wouldn't mind seeing him, you know, just be an offensive coordinator and bring in like Sean Payton or someone to be the head coach. I would be perfectly okay with that. I just don't want him to do both. And I think this just paints the perfect example of 
why the NFL is so competitive and why it is so tough. When you think about like Cliff Kingsbury is an amazing coach and here you're going like the one thing that may be holding us back is he just needs to be coaching a different position. Like it's like these tiny minute changes can play the biggest difference. And I, and I get there's, you know, I, we just talked injuries, there's big things, but I think that that speaks to just how competitive and how high level the NFL is that really everything needs to be perfect to have a successful team. Yeah. Yeah. And we're, we're seeing it with, with more and more teams. Like things are just starting to click with the dolphins. Now, even the jets. Yeah. Like, and then you see teams like the, the Broncos where it's, it's not rolling. And you know, people are saying, I don't, I don't know if I fully believe it, but, um, so over the off season, they brought in, Nathaniel Hackett and people are saying they brought him in to be with Aaron Rodgers back when the Broncos thought they were going to land Rodgers and then they get Russell Wilson and it's maybe and that's the thing is so maybe it's that not the coach they wanted and the two of them just don't blend but so it's that's yeah it's that's another point to to what you're saying though for sure to be fair um Russell Wilson is probably definitely more physical like agile but Aaron Rodgers is a fairly agile comedian or uh, quarterback um, where, where you like, I think it's, it's forgotten that he is like, I remember I saw an old interview and Patrick, it was like Patrick Mahomes in university. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, I compare my style most to Aaron Rodgers. And then they showed clips of Aaron Rodgers and you kind of saw that. Like, I think we forget that, He's not a running QB, but he is mobile and agile. And yeah, and I get there being you know certain QBs. Just I, I get people gel differently, but it's not like the this Broncos coach. It's not like he was expecting Lamar Jackson and got Tom Brady. Yeah, exactly. Like he he didn't get that, and it's not even like he was expecting a Mahomes and got a a, a, a Tannehill or, or a super system QB. He was expecting a franchise game-changing QB and got another supposedly and we're learning yeah. maybe not franchise game-changing QB like they yeah. they they in theory fit a fairly similar bill no yeah i i completely agree with you on that yeah i got one piece of clown news yeah let's hear it um i don't have anything specific but uh mcgregor yeah, what is he supposed to? He said something. He'll be like ready to go come February or something like that. So he announced his quote unquote retirement after he broke his ankle or whatever. As he does. As he does after every fight. Yeah. The reason he did that was to leave the USADA testing pool. Okay. He's now ballooned up like 40 pounds of lean muscle. If you look at the before uh, and afters of him, and now, and now he's getting back into the USADA testing pool, and they only have a rule of like, you just have to be in it for six months before you can be eligible to fight again. Yeah. And no one, I don't think anyone knew he was out of the pool until it came out that um, he was starting his six months, and everyone went, whoa, whoa, whoa. This guy's looking like this, and we, like, he's been out of the pool for the last year, and. He's now announced when he wants to be back in the pool. Like, 
Yeah. Is that not how you do a cycle? Like that's no, like exactly. I, I get, yeah, I get. In theory, he is now no longer actively on it, but just to increase size, and and I'm sure you would argue that if if he did do it, and it's all alleged, right? We're all alleged here. Yeah, but it's like, you know, I'm sure the one of the arguments would be to aid in the healing of his leg because there was a lot of talk that that was taking longer than it needed to heal. Yeah. But I'll I'll see if I can quickly um, show you uh, send you some of the before and afters. It's just it's it's absurd. It's yeah I yeah because I I didn't uh, I didn't see any of that. Uh, I I haven't seen any photos of him um, like recent. Like I know what he looks like what he looked like before, but I haven't I haven't seen anything recent uh, from him. Oh, I think you just deleted a bunch of stuff. Probably the right move for him. Well, he's been getting called. He posted a picture recently of a before and after, and everyone's been calling him out for it. Uh, um, yeah, that'll do it. Let me go down a little more because he had he he had a video of him like. Yeah, this is bizarre. He like scrubbed this. He had a video of him like partying in, uh, I think, in Ibiza somewhere. And he just like, he looks, he's popping out of his shirt. He looks coked out. Like he just looks. And like, that's another thing too. Like his face kind of looks different now. Like his, his whole, his whole look is just changed. Like he, he looks like the telltale not not unhealthy and scary, but it's like, yeah, this is this is you you do a cycle of steroids. This is how you look. Oh yeah, fuck. I'm looking at some of his recent photos he's posted. Okay, yeah, fuck. Here, I'll send I'll send you the one that's been getting him the most heat. And some people are saying, like, even going like it might even be photoshopped because it's just preposterous. It's like a fuck, little. He looks nuts. he looks big now. Um, he looks mean. Look at this picture. But then I'm going to compare this to one from not too like, long ago. Oh my god, dude. He's he's big. He's big. Yeah. Look at those fucking legs, man. And like, look at the veins on him. Yeah. Oh my. Yeah. Damn. Get on him, though. Looks Get big now. Him. Pardon? He looks big and mean now. Well, and a lot of people are saying he's like 200 pounds now, it looks like. But I'm I, sorry, I got to find you this. Uh... I got to find you the before and after because it's, and we'll throw it on the Instagram. Um... It's just, it's so jarring how much bigger he is. Um... Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll find it and throw it up on the, on the Instagram. Yeah, we'll put it up there for you guys. Um... Would you believe me if I said I had three more clowns? I wouldn't. I want to hear. It. Here, I'll quickly dude, send you this. It's been a it's been a big big couple days for clowns in the the sports world. I'm just. I'll send you the picture of McGregor really quick. I get this is at fight shape, so not bulking shape. Okay. But this is pictures of what he looked like in 2015, 2021. So it's like the difference he made in that six years and then the difference he's made in this one year. Okay. And and remember, 
every, you know, it's, as you get older, it's harder to put on muscle with age. But look at, look at that difference. Oh my God. Oh my, dude, he's so much bigger. Nah, yeah, man. Like his that, face that's, looks no. different. Dude, that, his no, head's dude, that, different. Dude, that's got to be photoshopped. Or he's... I admit his face, his face might look a little bit more similar with a beard. But even like, it just got so much fucking wider. Yeah. Look at his chest. Yeah. Oh, oh because my. He has been popping off. And and when you when you connect this with this comes the only year he hasn't been in the USADA testing pool. Yeah, fuck. He took himself out of it. Oh. Yeah, dude, that that's brutal. Holy shit! I didn't realize it was that bad. Yeah, we're gonna have to throw that on Instagram because fuck, that is. It's um, something, eh? Okay, rip yeah. through it. What are three clowns left? Um, so the first one, Washington oh, Commanders. Yeah, we got three clowns. We've done an hour twenty. Washington Commanders. Did you see their um their Sean Taylor memorial they did? No. So they so they hyped it up like all oh, year doing a big uh memorial thing for him in in their arena for for Sean Taylor. Um. Yeah. So they finally unveil it. It's in a big glass case. It's not even a, not even a statue. It's a fucking wire mannequin. Like that you would see in like a... In like the Gap. Or something. Like... Whack. So, so first of all, they do a wire mannequin. And then... They put a Nike jersey on it. Um, a helmet. So a Nike jersey. Reebok pants. Adidas um, cleats and then black gloves, which is something that Sean Taylor had never worn was black gloves. Oh, jeez. And it's like, holy fuck. You are a... And a don't even do a memorial then at that point. Like, it, you get less backlash for not doing one than putting out that piss poor display after you hyped it up for a couple months. Yeah, it re it really becomes one of those things of do it well or don't do it. Yeah, exactly. If you hype it up for that long, people are thinking you're coming up with something fucking banging. And then you see that, and it's like, dude. Like, it's a fucking mannequin. Like, this. you can just see the wire arms, the the wire neck. Like, it's just like, fuck. It's so piss poor. And it's it's such an embarrassment on that franchise, even further than they already are. Yeah, no, that's that's tough. Clown. Um. Yeah. Who's your next clown? Second one. I'm just gonna clown on the the NFL's like social media team, um, because again, they're I don't like they're they just love to just like go at it or like just adore and love any any team that's doing good and relevant, right? Yeah. Um. So they have the the audacity to put a, a little poll thing up on on Twitter, and they say. Pick your coach to build a team around. It's, um, what's his name on the Eagles? I already forgot it. Um, McDaniels with the Dolphins. And then Andy Reid. Like, holy shit. How can you take these two coaches that are having one good year 
and being like, would you pick them to build a team round over Andy fucking Reed? It's like, bro. Yeah, and then that's just that's. Like Social I get if it was like if it was like pick, pick your coach if it was like pick your coach for this year, okay, then you maybe have an argument, maybe, but it'd be like oh it's like just like dude like why not do one with like I don't know Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, and someone else like like make it more of a harder literally every single person was like oh Andy Reid are you stupid like uh so anyways NFL media teams getting clowned on for that one. Yeah, that's a that's a tough goal, but but they like they, they, it's been since the start of time they've done this with social media in the NFL. It's like it's like even when Patrick Mahomes was facing Brady in Mahomes is like second Super Bowl. Yeah, and it was like, will the goat be dethroned? And it's like, no. Yeah, Even exactly. if Mahomes did like, beat Brady, that's two Super Bowls to his six. That's yeah. you know, and and what has always been so amazing about Brady's, like what make what puts him above the rest is how he's been able to keep his career lasting long. Like dude, he fucking ditched his wife for his career. But but like like it was a ball. How he won a Super Bowl two years ago, and look at how Rodgers and Russell Wilson, like look how their careers have progressed. Where. They yeah. come out really hot, and and they are the new thing, and they're still an elite quarterback, but they can never keep it. Well, look at Brady this year. Like he's obviously the Bucks aren't doing good, but Brady still looks good. Yeah, he's ben like Roethlisberger or something. Like Ben Roethlisberger spends his entire career with the Steelers, wins him a Super Bowl, and a lot of the things people remember about is the end of his career. Steelers fans are just begging for him to retire. His last two seasons there, because well, they're same just like thing happened with like, Eli Manning. Yeah, it's like fuck. We love Big Ben. Well, not me, but Steelers fans did. But but they want him to retire because they're like the team's not getting anywhere with him. They're staying completely mid. They're they're not making the playoffs. Well, they did his last year, but uh, got dominated by the Chiefs. But it's like you're clearly not going to win a Super Bowl with him. But you're also not going to be at the bottom of the league getting a top draft pick to to get a a, a franchise quarterback to build around. Yeah. And then that's what they, they didn't have a top pick, so they ended up uh, getting Kenny Pickett instead. Yeah. But yeah, there, I, I guess I guess there really wasn't many good quarterbacks this year in the draft. Never mind. But to be fair, so. I'll just to for for the sake of joke, I I think New York would have been a better example for that analogy because Eli won them two Super Bowls as well. I mean, I guess yeah. And same thing where his last few seasons weren't good. I wholeheartedly only did Big Ben just because I wanted to shit talk him. Because I can't now. He's not in the league. Just let me finish this point. So your whole, the start of the point was what kind of they get remembered on. And I would say for sure Eli gets remembered on that. Whereas when it comes to Big Ben, I say he's more remembered on sexual assault charges. Hey, there we go. I shouldn't say like that, but. He is a piece of shit, which is why I don't like him. Exactly. It's got nothing. It's got nothing to do with the Steelers beating the Cardinals in the Super Bowl that year. Nothing to do with it. It's just he's a shit person. He's a bad yeah. man, bad dude. And I got no beef because, like, in the grand scheme of matchups between Roethlisberger and Brady, Brady was always daddy. So I have no ill will towards Roethlisberger in a better sense. I just off the field yeah. conduct, you know. Yeah, but. 
I'm 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 saying that as I'm currently looking at an Antonio Brown bobblehead. <laughs> so uh might be the pot calling the kettle black. All right. I've got one final clown. Urban this hits, Meyer. This hits close to home. Hey, we plugged them. There we go. This one probably hits close to home for you. Um the Boston Bruins announcer Jack Edwards. He from what I would say is like by far the most disliked announcer in professional hockey. Uh, just, just people don't like him in general, just because he's like, it's not like some of them where they're like non-biased. Like I, I can watch um, just, just trying to think of teams out top of my head. Like I can watch uh, Winnipeg Jets games, Tampa Bay lightning. Um, those, those are two teams that at least come to mind where their announcers are just completely unbiased and, like, they give praise to their team, but they also give praise to the opposing team and highlight things with them. But Jack Edwards is just, like, die diehard Boston. Ev everyone else sucks. No nothing compares, right? Yeah. Um, so a couple days ago, Boston was playing Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay on their fourth line, they have Pat Maroon, who's a three-time Stanley Cup champion, I might add, won three in a row. Almost four. And so Maroon's out on the ice. This is during the first period, I believe. And Jack Edwards just, he doesn't commentate the, the game that's happening for a good minute. And he just sits there just like fat shaming Pat Maroon. Because he, he's, he's a big boy. Like his, his, name is fat, his name is Fat Pat for a reason. Yeah. He's a hell of a hockey player. He does his job. And for like a minute straight, Jack Edwards just talks about like, oh, I bet he wouldn't last very long with like five pizzas in a room or something. And, and he just sits there and talks about and just makes fun of him for being fat for like a good minute. Um, so not, not a lot of people are happy with that. And then Pat Maroon, um, we, I, I already put it on the Instagram. I started a new like little good guy trend thing there. So we, so we can highlight the clowns, but also the good guys. So Pat Maroon didn't make a single response to um, when asked about like the comments. He just was like, I don't want to talk about it. But instead, he, he goes on to create a, uh, um, an, an, uh, like a, a, a link you can go to. And he tweets out, in support of those struggling with mental health, bullying, and body image, I'm making a $2,000 donation in the name of Jack Edwards to Tampa Bay Thrives, and I encourage Tampa Bay Lightning and NHL fans to join me and donate here. And in the span of 48 hours, it's already raised $50,000, 5-0. That's so, awesome. That's a very good response by Pat Maroon. Um, clown move by Jack Edwards. Like, it just it hurts his credibility even more. He was already heavily disliked and uh, frowned upon by people, and it just, it just made it even worse. And and I don't know if it applies to him specifically, but something I've noticed, what I think is the probably one of the biggest qualities in a play-by-play -play or a commentator is humility. What do you what do you exactly what do you mean by that exactly? Just so I understand yeah, kind of the wavelength. Yeah, no, that. no, yeah, and I'll I'll, I'll I'll I have a point. So it's um like you look at like I'm I'm even okay sometimes if the local guy's biased because it's like. Yeah, you're the local guy. 
It's almost if I'm watching like a a local channel and the the guys the color guy for that uh, the color commentator guy for that network is a yeah. little biased. It's like yeah, of course it's good. Well, and I think they but should humility be biased exactly. Bit. But I think the humility. So in the sense of like, it's still an ultimate respect to the players and not a disrespect to yourself, but an understanding that hey, being a play by play commentator is very difficult. One of the I hardest think. jobs. No. Did you did you see that thing? Close. I just want to Not plug it in. Close. Um sure it is. Well, but the, see that's but that's my point exactly though. So like for example, a lot of people say stand-up comedy is very difficult, right? Mm-hmm. Like after a show, people go, Oh my god, I can never do that. I can never do that. I can never do that. And I go, Well, you know, if you're if it's something you're if you naturally like talking, it comes naturally, it's an interest, and it's quite easy. And in the grand yeah. scheme of things for jobs. When you think of the grand scheme of jobs, it's one of the best jobs you can have. Yeah. It is up there with professional sports because you are getting to do something professionally you love. Yeah. And it's, 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 a, it's a skilled interest of yours. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember I read a book and, and it was this commentator talk. And like you, you listen to guys like Joe Rogan describes himself as just the luckiest fan in the world. He's like, well, I'm a commentator, but I'm really just the luckiest fan in the world. I just get to sit there and freak out about it. And it's like him yeah, and Daniel yeah. Cormier and John Anik all share that opinion. And that's why that three of them, and individually and as a trio, they all resonate with people so well. Because it's, it's not a feeling of like, I'm here to call the game for you. It's like, how lucky are we to watch this? Yeah. I was reading this book once of a commentator and he, he said, and he was alluding to it being this incredibly difficult job. And he goes, you know, you think about it. There, it was baseball or something. He's like, there's 32 men on that roster. There's only one commentator. Yeah. And it's, there's like two. And he's like, they, can, they have to be the best of 32. I have to be the best of two. And it's like, fuck off, dude. Yeah, okay, that's like the... to to compare yourself to them. I I understand you're incredibly skilled at what you're doing. I understand that's probably that drive that makes you so good at what you do. Yeah, but but to but I think what what separates a good reporter from the the insufferable ones is I think that humility of of understanding that yes, your job it requires skill, and yes, you're you're good at it. That's why you're the commentator. It's it's like. I think it's similar to a comedian of everyone loves a great comedian, but the second this guy comes out and goes, I'm the God's gift to the world. I'm the funniest guy. Anything I say is funny. It's like you lose people because it's, it's, it's almost kind of the, the do the work without acknowledging it. Yeah. But yeah, that that was a big rant, but I don't know. I, and I don't know if that was this guy's case specifically, but I just, I think sometimes that separates uh, commentators when they when they think they're the show. No, yeah, no, I I completely agree. I, and what I was getting at when I was um, um, being like, no, it's hard, is because I was just uh, referring to um, uh, the announcers at the World Cup for the um, South Korea games. Oh not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Korean public, yeah, because they got all four of their uh, defenders. Their the same Kim, last name, and their goalie is is Kim as well. Yeah, and so there's like two same there. last names on the offense. Yeah, no, that that's fair. And hey, you know, it's it's there's a the um on the ice the ones that stand in between the two benches on games. There's compilations yeah. of them getting dinged by pucks, sticks, yeah. and 
there's some funny ones of them like in between arguments from two benches. It's funny. So yeah, no, yeah, they're they're they're, they're, they're putting themselves. And um, this isn't a shit talk to commentators. Again, I think they're incredibly talented at what they do, and I do think it's a difficult job. But yeah. I think it's it's one of those. I think I think it's one of those things that, in the grand scheme of jobs, it's a very amazing job. Oh, doesn't mean it's not difficult, but it's it's up there with it's it's like the professional sports thing of yeah you do have to work out all year round you have to stay in shape you're putting your body through hell whatever but if you truly love this game if this is what you love the love of the game then you know you hear guys like Brady talk about he refuses to retire because he just loves playing football yeah when fucking gave up his entire marriage for it yes I don't think he's losing much there but. But he he's not like he's—he's he's not doing it to to then go look at me, look at me. He's doing it just because he loves the game so much. So I think if you, yeah. and and he's you know, he'll be the first to say it's a very difficult sport. But I think he'd also be the first to say he's happy. He's not selling insurance. Yeah, like yeah. he—I I remember early on in interviews, people would always be like, "Oh, you're one ninety nine. What would you have done if you weren't drafted?" He's like, oh, "I'm probably selling insurance." But it's like, yeah, I'm sure he's very happy he's not doing that despite the work he has to put in to be that level of athlete. That yeah. is still, you are still getting to to do something that, I don't know. I don't know. To to be able to work for a passion, I think, is should be, should be taken. Can, that's all you can ask for, right? Yeah, and, and I don't think it should be um, forgotten when you're in that role. Yeah. No, yeah, um, honestly. Antonio Brown. Anyways, yeah. all right. Well, that's been this you, has been a good episode. It's been a long it one. Been. Did you hear about this new movie that's coming out? I'm just, I just saw it pop up, so I'm just like looking at it. Did you know this? Sorority Sisters Seven. Oh, I'd like to see that. No, there's a movie called Cocaine Bear. It's a movie apparently inspired by true events where a bear goes on a cocaine crazed rampage. So apparently, I'm about apparently... the cocaine crazed rampage. Yeah, so apparently, there's a, a movie coming out about a bear on a. Uh, on Coke, so thought that was kind of cool. No way, Elizabeth Banks is doing it. There we go. Jesus, oh, this will be interesting. Should we do a PGO live react? Should we go watch it together? Yeah, I think we should. I'll cut a hole in the bottom of my popcorn. Yeah. You know how we roll. Oh, also, I'm going to plug this in. Shout out to me on Twitter for triggering um, the Kelowna Rockets of the WHL. I uh, I triggered them on uh, TikTok the other day. Because <laughs> they, 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 they just put out like something of... Um, uh, Connor Bedard and one of his um, buddies that he grew up with from when they were younger, he now plays on the Kelowna Rockets. So they put out a TikTok of like the two of them from like when they were younger to now them older facing off in the WHL. Yeah. And I just thought it was funny. I just put like source with a question mark and they got like so fucking triggered. They were like, well, look it up online. Like you can find many things regarding this fact. So I was like, dude, I was, I was making a joke, man. <laughs> And they just got so, so heated out. I was like, all right. 
I thought it was funny. They they clearly didn't. So. Yeah. I guess. Anyways, though. Um, oh, uh, shout out just because you brought up shout out to Twitter. Pardon? Not, oh, I just I was just saying I looked up the Antonio Brown standoff thing. There's still no no recent news on it. So. Um, on that note, though, shout out to Twitter. Uh, they're just having a field day with the different images, and the caption is all the same. Antonio Brown and Kanye West fighting to see who can fuck up their life quicker on a Thursday. No, literally. Like, that's so weird that it happens for both of them on the same day. Going DEFCON 7, man. You would imagine if they actually, like, do that album that they were talking about. And they talked about buying an NFL team together. Like, no, not anymore. <laughs> he's, I still think he's going to buy a CFL team, run it from prison. Honestly, they very well might. I don't think there's anything that's out of question for, uh, for those two at this point now. Oh, we'll we'll, we'll see over time. We'll see what show happens. Show the sports still give a shit. Brittany Griner's still in Russia, eh? Yep. She got moved to a... Uh... Worst facility I've heard. Yeah, so that, I, that's kind of like a, a work camp sort of thing almost, isn't it? Oh, fuck. It's like a female camp where it's just like, they just work you, I'm pretty sure, is what I heard. Jesus Christ. It's like, fuck. But, Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, like, because not much, like, that's the only thing that came out recently within, like, the last month about her now, like, it's, uh, it's just kind yeah. of becoming old news almost at this point. Unfortunately, yeah, but hoping, hoping, uh, hoping we're able to get her back. Well, not we, we're not American, we're Canadian. America's got to do that shit, man. Got nothing to do with us. <laughs> nothing to do with us, man. We're a podcast in Canada. Yeah, we're just um, having a good time. We're a podcast in Canada, but anywhere around the world, you can find us. And where can yeah. you find us? You can find us on YouTube at Post Game Overtime. Post Game's one word. You can find us on Twitter at PG Overtime. You can hop us uh, on Instagram at PGO Show and on TikTok at PGO Show. Yeah. Good we want to see you all there. Reach out, say hello. Tell us yeah. if you've been liking these episodes, what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of. And if you want to hear less of us, shut up. Yeah, too bad. We haven't been canceled yet. Not yet. Not yet. It's coming. Not yet. You want to, um, quickly before I hop off, just uh, lay down the PGO parlay for one, one more time? Oh, why don't we, Brandon? Why don't let's we, just, eh? Let's just slap it down one more time, because this could be the one that hits. You never know, right? Oh, Gotta think we're due. Six teams, baby. First one is New Orleans Saints versus the Buccaneers. That's on the money line. Titans versus the Eagles taking the Eagles. That's on the money line. Denver Ravens taking the Ravens on the money line. Chargers Raiders were going over on 550.5 for the spread. We're taking the over. Colts Cowboys were taking the Cowboys money line. And Rams Seahawks, we are taking the Seahawks on the money line. That's betting us plus 700 at the time we placed it. And that is your PGO parlay for the week. And you know what? We've been doing this shit for 13 weeks now. We're on week 13 here. Lucky, lucky 13, right? Lucky 13. And I will, I will just say, though, like weeks two, 
to like weeks one to five. I think we missed a few all over the place. We weren't putting as much thought into it. But as we've gotten like further and further, our PGO parlays are only missing by one team each week. Yeah. And it's, it's team set. I mean, last week it was two, but like if you told me going into last week, like, oh, the, the Browns are going to beat the Bucks and the Jags are going to beat the Ravens, I'd be like, fuck no. Like those are locks. And then it's always the ones that we're like for sure on that flop. Yeah. That's always what it is. The one we're like, nah, this one's for sure locked in the bag. It's like, fuck. The week earlier, the Eagles lost. And the Cowboys lost. It's like, fuck. Those were our two locks. So, Which always baffles me, because I didn't know you could lose money gambling. Right? Fuck. Why was did news this to me? become a thing? Yeah, All right. Should we get out of here? We've, we've been on here for an hour 45. This has been our longest in a while. In, in two episodes, I think. Fair point. But hey, you know, it's been a good one. It's been a slice. I had, I had hey, fun. It's been a fun one. I always yes. have fun here. Oh, if we didn't, we wouldn't be doing it. Exactly. Exactly. Sure as I'm getting paid to do it. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, for fucking sure. All right. Dude. See you guys soon.